you're thankful for the Word of God, I want you to let him know it by putting your hands together right now. Now, I asked you to do this about, I don't know, about two months ago, but if there's any way at all your cell phone could, could distract you right now, I want you to handle that. If that means turning it off, shutting off notifications, and I, I'm including even the bright screen light that goes on, and I'm giving you about 30 seconds to do that because I know uh, that you didn't know to do that ahead of time. But I'm, I'm telling you that the devil doesn't need any extra help. Amen? And um, when I was growing up, you know, there wasn't a such thing as a cell phone. The only phone we had was hanging in the hallway with a 40-foot cord on it that wrapped up. Black rotary. Hey, you can Google it for your children and show them what it used to look like. Amen? And, you know, it, it wasn't a problem until Mama tripped over the cord. Then it was an issue. It was a long cord. Amen, somebody? It was a long cord. Yeah, it was. So I don't want anybody to be distracted today because God is doing something. Do you know that the Lord never stops moving even when you're not singing Waymaker? Do you know that the Lord never stops moving? He told me and you to be still and know that I am God, but he never stops moving. And for a minute, I want to talk about what our current situation is. Our current situation tells us because of the day and the time we're living in that, that people are turning to things they've always turned to drugs and alcohol, uh, relationships that are not healthy, habits that are not godly, um, and, and, and all kinds of things. But our current situation is filled with people that are hurting on the inside, people that are confused, and will grab a hold of anything, including a lifestyle that absolutely is not even a lifestyle, just to try to mask it over and to try to get some kind of attention that they've never gotten attention for. You're living in a world, you're living in a country, you're living in a county that is saturated with hurting people that are confused, people that even that deny the existence of Jesus, if they could just get a hold of the real Jesus, it would change their life and it would change their eternity. So that's why people gravitate. It's not that people aren't happy at, at home or at school or at work or that they're upset about politics or not having enough money to make ends meet. People are in dire need to know and to be in love with Jesus Christ the way he said you could be in love with him. So that's our current situation. Our current situation plays on the, on, on the pride of men and women everywhere. You are experiencing what you are seeing unfold in uh, Ukraine right now all because of the sin of pride. 
it's just somebody wanting to uh, stroke and feed their pride. And, and the Bible tells us this is exactly one of the three things that Satan uses, and he used it on Jesus Christ. So he knows how powerful it is. If, if he thought enough, well, this might even work on God's Son. And people are in need of Jesus. And when you don't have Jesus, you have people that's destroying countries, that are destroying lives, that are in, de destroying dreams, that are, are putting people in fear of, uh, upon fear. And, and the list really is, is just never-ending, folks. There's a need for Jesus. We, we get upset about all kinds of ramifications and manifestations of sin. For instance, when the man that, that was caught on camera, and I use this, but not everybody heard it. When he was caught on camera here, and then ultimately all we know, if, if, the, if the truth is being told, and he uh, burned our brothers and sisters down the road, burned their church down, he probably had problems that the world labels and all that. But I'm and, and that that's out there. That is out there. But I'm telling you, I told somebody because he tried, from what we know, uh, upon, upon his confession, was to do that here. And while that is very uh, disturbing and upsetting, I said that the man just needs. I told that to somebody that I don't even know if they, they serve and know Jesus. When this person was giving me their take on it, I said, it's just a response and it's just a reaction of somebody that needs Jesus. Now, I'm taking time here because most of us in here, when I say this and make this kind of statement, you automatically assume that Oh, you mean people getting saved. While there's truth to that, you're not following me because I want you to know there is a depth in knowing Jesus. There's, you know, what I talk, talked about months ago about people having acquaintance of Jesus, but they don't have a relationship. They know of Jesus because, see, and this is where people might not agree with me, but it doesn't matter because I preach from God's Word, not my opinion. There is no way you can know the real Jesus that I'm referring to and not be madly in love, infatuated with the one that saved your soul and saved your life. You can't do it. So if I didn't describe your relationship with Jesus Christ right now, I am definitely talking to you. You know, I pray and I'm at church and all that. No, that's not a one. That's religion, folks. That's good habits. That's a schedule. I'm talking about you can't get him off your mind. You'd rather come to church than to do anything else in your life. That's what I'm talking about, that kind of relationship. Y'all still here, right? I'm checking on you. When you meet that kind of Jesus, you have the same response that a tax collector had in the book of Luke chapter 18. The Bible says that there was a religious person, but then there was a tax collector standing afar off. 
and he wouldn't uh, so much as raise his eyes to heaven, but he beat his, his breast. He banged and pounded on his chest, and this is what he said. He said, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. That's, that's wholehearted, a repentant spirit that you realize the dirt, the shame, or even the complacency that you have, and all you can do, you are so humbled and moved by this man called Jesus, you can't even raise your hand. All you can do is say, God, hallelujah, God, be merciful to me. That's it. The Bible also went on to say that in Luke chapter 16, there was a man that was over the jail. Paul and Silas was in a jail, and he was so moved by the earthquake and everything that was happening, he knew that it was because of a relationship that those two men that were incarcerated he was in charge of had with Jesus Christ. And when Jesus Christ, free right now, Jesus Christ responded on behalf of those two men and their relationship and their walk and their stand for him, he said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Saved like you are. Saved and have the kind of relationship. Know Jesus at the level you know Jesus at. Sirs, not go to church, not get involved, not do good things, but what must I do to be saved like you're saved and have a kind of relationship that the God of heaven and earth responds like he's responded to you too? They said just believe. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. You'll be saved, not just you, but last week we talked about, or two weeks ago, generation and generation, and then we talked about it last, you and your household. See, I don't want to just be saved and on my way to heaven. I want my baby saved. I want my wife saved. I want my son-in-law saved. I want my two grandchildren saved. I want my siblings and my in-laws saved. I want my daddy saved. I want my church saved. I want my whole house whole saved. Do you hear me this morning? There's not one person I can think of that I want to leave here. Not one. And I want to know Jesus in a way where people around me won't just listen to what I say, but they'll look at my walk. They'll look at my testimony. They'll look at my choices and my decisions. And they'll hunger and thirst after righteousness just like I'm hungering and thirsting after righteousness. And they'll want to be filled with that same kind of God. And our current situation says all over the world that people just need Jesus. There's a real need for Jesus. But our current dilemma is where our problem is. We're scared. We're scared. Nobody in this room can give me a total of how many times in two years you've heard the word fear used or spoken or said. Amen? I don't even mean just in the church. I don't mean in the church among Christians. I mean, you can't even give me a guesstimate of how many times you've heard the word fear. We're scared. We are scared. 
The Bible says in 1 John 4, 18, there is no fear in love. And I'm stopping right there for a minute. You see, our current situation, a real need for Jesus, runs into a brick wall and a dam that is impenetrable unless something that I'm about to say takes place because we are scared. We are scared of one-on-one confrontation. We are scared. We, we'll, we'll stretch and invite people to church, but we are scared. And so when fear or being scared, I want to use scared today because you kind of, fear's kind of ran its course. I know it has. And a lot and people tune it out now because you're you associate it with one or two things. But when you are scared, then it will cause you to let love be the subordinate to you being scared. In other words, there is no scare, there is no fear in love. You know why? Because perfect love, I'll tell you what it is, cast out fear. Perfect love gets rid of you being scared. It does. But what's perfect love? Having Jesus in my heart? Oh, yeah, that's perfect on his part. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son for you. But where the problem is, it's not Jesus' perfect love for you. It's you having perfect love for all these people I just described. People you hate, people you don't like, people that have alternate lifestyles, people that say there is no God, people that's done you wrong, people you don't understand, people that owe you money, people that backstab you, people that molested you, that raped you, that embezzled money from you, that stole out of your house. I'm talking about perfect love not circumstantial love. So see, as long as you don't live in this perfect love, that dilemma will always be in place and people will always need Jesus and people will always want to blow up other countries so they can add it to their property line. When people have perfect love, it's infectious. People want to know where you got that from. How do you have that perfect love right now? How, how are you having that kind of love? I, I know you've, you've confided in me about what took place in your life or in this situation. How do you still go on from day to day? I do what my Jesus did. I lay down my life so that I can love like Jesus. And when you love like Jesus, it's more powerful than a million billboards or neon lights, and it lets people see something they can't see anywhere else. And there's something still real and genuine that's warm, and I want it and I need it in the midst of what the Bible calls a perverse and a crooked generation. So we've got a real need for Jesus. That's our current situation. People have always needed Jesus. That's right. And people have always been scared. You see, God wants to do something in this service today. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. God wants to do something in this service today. So, there's no fear in love. But I love people. I understand that. You love, and I love some people. You and I love certain people. But we don't love all people. We don't, we don't love all people. And as long as that is not in place for the second time today, that, that love, you want me to give it to you in a song you know? You've never heard it in these terms, but I'm going to sing it in terms you know. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little love of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Got it? This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Only it's not coming from right here. It's coming from right here. And it can be experienced and it can be witnessed from here to your feet. Hide it under a bush. I'm going to let it shine because there's real people that's going to hell. Might be in your house and it's bothering the preacher bad, okay? I know, I know what day and hour I'm living in. We talk about this almost daily. Jesus said, there's no way, not the sun. You don't know the day. You don't know the hour. But I tell you right now, I'm feeling wedding day getting right on me quick. I know the season, and I know that springtime is here, and I know that there's about to be a wedding. And I'm worried about lost people. And so people need to see, ah, he done Opie wrong, but Opie's loving him like that's his flesh and blood. And see, when you do that, then you'll start witnessing. You'll witness with your mouth. You'll tell people about Jesus and not care if they post and make fun of you or if they never associate with you, but you will love people unconditionally with your Christian testimony that we all claim to have. Now, what is our current situation? How can, how can we deal with this problem and this lack of love? And, you know, I, I'm, I'm about to get to the, the latter part of this message in a minute. But Monday morning, when I got about halfway up 79 coming to the church, Monday morning, the Lord spoke two words to me, and it, it's the title of this sermon today that I will share with you in a minute. And then the rest of my week, the rest of my week was confirmed in ways Certain people in here know that I can know for sure that what I am preaching to you right now is supposed to be preached right this minute. And it all has to do with what our current, not our need or not our dilemma, but our current solution. This is how we fix the love issue we have. Because when we fix the love issue, the scared issue is automatically gone. Do y'all follow that little equation right there? 
So what do we do? You can't say I'm not going to do it no more because you've got to understand that it all has to do, it's a spiritual issue. It's a spiritual issue, folks. The Bible says in Acts 4.31, after they had prayed, notice, notice the timeline here. After they prayed, their meeting place was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. And then Acts 1 and 8 says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And then Romans 1.16 tells you after that has taken place, what I'm going to spend some time on now, that this is what happens. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. We're back at number one, our current situation. To everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the, the Greek. So folks, based on just what I've read to you out of Acts and then Romans, you get past the love issue when you deal with the lack of the spirit issue. And I'm not going into deep detail right now. This is one of the things that God later on confirmed for me. But when you... And I'm quoting another pastor when I make this statement right here because I like the way he described it. When you are saved, and I mean the man beating his chest, saved. This is what the Bible teaches us. You are baptized into Jesus Christ. You are baptized into salvation. All right? Now, when... You are baptized in the Spirit. When you are filled with the Spirit, that's when you are baptized in the Spirit. Jesus, who knew no sin, represented our salvation. We're baptized into Christ. But when Jesus was baptized in the Jordan and He came up, and you know, doves, and his father said, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. That by itself represented another place you can be at with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. You can be baptized in the Spirit. If not, Jesus would have never needed to do that, see? Never. Because he was salvation. He knew when he hung on the cross, and he came out of the grave, and you said, Lord, forgive me, I'm a sinner, you were baptized into Christ. There would have never, ever, ever needed to be the whole Jordan experience. But Jesus was paving the road, making that straight road straight, and saying, look, if you want to live in the love like I'm going to demonstrate, you first of all need to be filled with the Spirit that I'm demonstrating that I'm being filled with this day. And that's why he did what he did for the next three years. 
Now we know when that is missing in a person's life. I don't care if they've raised or watched dead people be raised, if they've fed thousands, if they've cast out demons, if if they've even walked on water. And everything I just named to you is exactly a description of the disciples that were called by Christ and followed Christ. They did all that. But there was something interesting that happened at Calvary. They were scared. They all ran. Every, all 11 of them ran. Peter beat his chest. Lord, I'll die with you. He said, no, you won't. No, you won't. You'll deny me three times. You'll deny me. You'll deny me. And he did, and he ran. He cussed. He swore. He said, I don't even know him. He had already walked on water, watched Lazarus come out of the grave, watched funerals be stopped. He, he did all that. But you see, he was scared, you see. And so he couldn't have that perfect love when Jesus would ascend 40 days later. He could not have that perfect love and do the things he watched the master and the savior of his soul do until he dealt with that dilemma called being scared. And so Jesus said, this is how you deal with that dilemma. I want you to go into the upper room and I want you to wait. I want you to tarry. And then you're going to receive the promise that, by the way, does not have a statue of limitations because Peter would later say after that experience, it's not just for us, but it's for everybody that will be on the planet until the rapture takes place is what he was saying. That's what he was saying. And so after... The Bible says, in fact, let me read it for those of you who are not familiar with Acts chapter 2, verse 1. When that day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Means they had unity. I pray it every day, several times a day. And for this very reason right here. And suddenly there came from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. So see, the difference is they were scared, People were going to continue to die in Jerusalem, Judea, and over in Turkey and Greece and Spain and all the places that they would go after this happened. Had this not happened, I don't know if evangelism would have left that little territory where they were. Because, see, you are limited when you are scared. But, see, when you say, God, I realize if nobody else at multitudes does... I realize there's a current situation and there's a real need for you, Jesus. People don't need money. We've been giving out trillions of dollars over the past 24 months. It ain't fixed nothing. 
People's been given all kind of hopes and promises. It ain't fixed none. People are still getting blown up in their countries. People are still being turned upside down. Everything is lining up the way the Bible says it would line up, and it's lining up in record speed right now. And until the Spirit is able to completely fill this vessel, these vessels, those that are watching, and anybody anywhere, and he has unrestricted access, until that happens, the circle's going to be small, the influence, the impact's going to be small, we're not going to reach 30,000 people, and people everywhere else, they're going to be very limited because of the lack of love. See, you'll lay down your life when you are filled with the Spirit of God. You'll lay it down. Jesus did. Others did. But they didn't do it until they were filled and then it removed the scared, the fear factor, and it brought in that perfect love that the Bible tells us about. That's exactly what it did. You see, the difference in Peter was when Peter and all of the people there, when they got filled with the Spirit, all of a sudden, instead of running, they just went live. You see? And that's what we need to do. We need to say, God, I'm ready to be filled because I have not been going live. And see, nobody might not be watching. See, boo-boo, hey, you on. I see boo-boo. I see you. You on. See, boo-boo's jumped on, but nobody else has jumped on yet, though. And maybe boo-boo's already jumped off. But I want to tell you something, folks. You won't go live as long as you are not filled with the Spirit of God. You'll just surf and you'll watch and you'll, you, you, you'll, you'll post somebody else that's going live. You'll post them, but you won't go live, you see, because you don't have that perfect love and you can't go live. But I'm telling you right now, if you continue to read in the second chapter of Acts, you will find out, sorry, Caleb, you'll find out real quick that once you allow God to fill you with the Holy Ghost, unapologetic, and you say, Lord, I understand, I cannot, it's impossible. It's biblically impossible for me to have that kind of Jesus love until I'm filled with the same spirit that Jesus was. And yes, you receive the Holy Spirit when you are saved, but you are not baptized in the Holy Spirit until you empty yourself out and say, God, I'm through with worrying about being ashamed of the gospel or what other people say about me or even my own questions about you and your word. See, the longer you go live, Hey, if you go live, you don't have to worry about people hopping on. They'll hop on. See, a lot of people won't start preaching until they have a crowd. When you go live, I'm telling you, you'll get a crowd. The Bible says there were people from all over the earth that hopped on when Peter and the rest of that crowd, they heard them. They couldn't deny it. They knew they were ignorant, unlearned. And all of a sudden, they heard them speaking in other tongues, but it was actually in their own native tongue. They heard 40 different languages, and they could not understand it. And more than 40, if you can research it, you'll see 
that people were mesmerized and it all it didn't happen because they followed Jesus. It happened because they were full of the Holy Ghost. See, because they walked with Jesus, they did all the things I told you they did and you know about, but they still ran even when they said they wouldn't rent. And the difference is that they were finally filled with the Spirit and now the whole world knew about it. And guess what, church? They evangelized the whole world. That's what God is needing right now more than my money, more than my intentions, and more than my excuses. God is sick of people making excuses for why they don't pray, read the Bible, why they don't go to church, why, why people don't get involved. The Lord, I'm telling you on behalf of him, through the power and the unction of the Holy Ghost, God is not interested or moved by my excuses or my pity power or, or things, excuses I make for other people. God says my power is greater than that. That's a trick of the enemy to pull you down and to keep you under his thumb so he'll make an excuse. He'll always try to give you an excuse just because he don't want you alive. He wants you dead. God said that I am not the God of the dead but of the living. And see, if somebody don't go live before the rapture takes place, you know what? You're just going to go dead when your time's up. Not making a fuss, not making a scene, nobody not knowing about you. And see, what will happen? If you, if you make your mind up, Lord, I hunger and thirst as the deer pants for the water. Lord, my soul pants for you. If you will make your mind up, you'll do that. You'll start seeing some hearts float up. You'll start changing some lives. You'll start seeing some happy face emojis going on, going up to heaven because you made a difference. You didn't care if nobody else come to the altar and pray. You didn't care if nobody else served. You didn't care if nobody else loved. You know that you're full of the Spirit of God. You're laying down your life and all your questions, all your frustrations, and you're going to watch what God does for you just like He did for all those people in Acts 2 because He is not a God that's a respectable person. I'm asking you today, are you ready to go live? Are you ready to go in the rapture living life? Are you ready? I'm about to sign off. I'm running out of minutes. I'm, I'm about to sign off. But I'm going to tell you this. If you don't go live soon, just like, and I don't want this to happen to me, but if we don't realize that the church is the problem because we have the solution. Do you know that? The Holy Ghost is greater than anything Putin's got. The Holy Ghost is greater than anything NATO has or the United States or any of the money mongrels that's manipulating the planet right now. God is greater. God has more power. power. And it's what I've already said today. We are the only group that the Lord himself said that the gates of hell would not be able to successfully come against. You've got more power than anybody or anything. There's more God can do through one little boy with a lunchbox. 
if he'll just surrender it. There's more God can do with a teenager if they'll just say, Lord, I'm all in. I don't need, I, I don't need to worry about if anybody's going to see me, if anybody's going to like or hop on. I don't care about that. Lord, I want to please you, God. I'm going live for me because you went live for me at Calvary. And, and Lord, whatever it takes. So I'm not asking any more questions. I'm not asking any more uh Favors from you, God, I'm not asking anything. I just want you to know, I don't care if I lose my family. I don't care if I lose my friends. I don't care what I lose. I just know you're real. I know there's a problem in the planet, and I know that you are the answer. And God, if it means you feeling me, and you are willing to fill me with your spirit, then God, let it be done. And don't worry about anybody else, church. I want you to stand, if you will. And I, I'm just going to ask you today. We're getting down to the wire, church. We are, we are getting down to the wire. And see, we've got to realize that Jesus is the only one that can fix what's going on around us. Jesus. Nobody else. No TV personality. Nobody in politics. No filthy rich person. All, all those people are breaking everything. But Jesus is the one that can restore. He's the God of restoration. And I'm asking you today, I want you to think before anybody does anything. Because I'm serious. I know about the whole remnant thing the Bible talks about. I know everybody is, is not digging the straight and narrow thing. I get that as bad as I want it. And I know other pastor brothers of mine, we want it. And I've talked this week. All, all you can do, all you can do because of the culture and the sway of the world and the power that media has on people and how much it influences even their spiritual life or religious life rather. It, it, can't, it can't affect your spiritual life if you're full of the Spirit because you'll discern between it. I have. Are you bragging? Huh? Yeah, on God. <laughs> I sure am. We're not ignorant of His devices. And they're not going to slim down and go away. Oh, they're becoming more and more. So as you stand there and you look at me and you kind of think about all this stuff, I'm asking you today. Are you willing? Are you willing to say, God, take the song. Take all of me. See, we, we could have did those songs in a different order. Take all of me and then shout to the Lord. And you better watch out. I'm going live and I'm going to raise a hallelujah. See, we could have switched that set around this morning. Because if you switch them around, that's what it looks like when you are filled with the Spirit and not walking in scare anymore. Yeah, I know. I know how I said it. You're walking in love. You're still sickened by sin. But you're not so sickened by sin that it suppresses you from being Jesus Christ. Wrong is still wrong. People will still have to answer up for when they make bad, poor decisions. But as for you, as for you, Lord, 
I'm finishing strong. I'm going to finish while I'm live, Lord. I'm fin- I ain't going to finish signed off. I'm going to finish while I'm live. Now, if anything about that says to you that's got my name on it, Lord, not Opie, Lord, that has my name on it. I want to be filled so I can be real. You know what to do now. There's a lot of room down here to come, and you need to spread out when you come. We are fear. We are not fearful, but we are careful. And I want you to come very, very reverently because this might be the most serious service. That This could be the transforming service that transforms not only your life, but transforms your family, your school, your neighborhood, your plant or office, whatever you do for a living, if you work. This one thing right here. Now, this is one of the most irritating services we could ever have at this church. And I want to warn everybody in a positive way. Because, see, this is when you and I become a real threat to the devil. And I'm taking a lot of time because I want to explain this to everybody. I want everybody to know what this means. See, you know, I could go into a lot of detail, and I won't, because I'm not going to dignify the devil's ignorance in people's lives. But when you are filled with the Spirit, a lot of people have lost, lost that uh, desire or don't want anything to do it. Because it's been so misconstrued because of the whole speaking in tongues thing. Now, that happens. When you get to a place, you can't, you squalling maybe or laughing or you don't know what to say. And a lot of times people don't even know that. That's not what I'm trying to speak to you about right now because some of you already shut me down and I rebuke that in Jesus. See, there's no fear in love. What I'm talking about is all about love right now. And it takes out. You don't care about that. But what the Holy Spirit being full means in a believer's life, it means that you walk you, you walk into love, but, but you walk in a holy boldness. You walk in a courage that you don't have when you're scared, you see. And everybody can be like, you can be, (laughs) you know, you can be passive about what I'm saying. But I'm telling you this. You read for yourself when you get home. Peter and all those people were transformed. You see, Romans, he went on to write about, Paul did in Romans 12.1. He says, don't be conformed to the world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. When you are filled with the Spirit of God, not only does the scare, fear factor leave you, oh, but your whole mind changes. You don't care anymore what people think because you realize you're the one holding the life raft. Amen? You're the one walking in the anointing that can lay hands on people and they'll be healed. You're the ones that can speak over somebody and God protect them. You're the one that God can use because you can be trusted and he can use you to bless somebody else. See, you become one of God's servants that he sees. They're walking in the same love that my son walked in. Because you've got to get to that place. 
Jesus aggravated the people of that day because he didn't care what they thought. And that bothered them because all those people, they cared what other. I just told you about the blind man's parents last week. Anyone, nobody know what they really thought. So they said, just ask him. He knows what happened. They wanted to be in the clique, you see. You'll always be that way. You'll die and go to your grave, and that's called fear. That's called being scared. You'll go to your grave and not admit it because, you know, you won't be cool. Being scared. If you do not allow God to help you with this. So it comes to a point right now where, you, first of all, while you're standing there and some of you are close, you're close to family members or you're close to people or all that. And that's fine with me. But I'm, I'm going to be thorough. I'm obeying the Holy Ghost today. I don't care. I, I don't even know what time it is. We, our, some of our equipment ain't working. And I thank God halfway through this message. God, I'm glad I don't have a clock that, to, to, to mess with me today. So I, I, I'm, I'm trying to be so thorough and obedient right now because I know, I know sooner than later, God's going to honor that prayer that I pray with my wife every day about unity. It might be a unity of 12 people here, or it might be 120 people. It might be six people. It might be four or 24. But where two or more are gathered together in my name, there I am. And see, that's what the preacher's living for. So what I was saying about the logistics in here right now, if you need to change them a little bit, because it's going to affect you not caring, then I'm serious. You need, to, you need to mess with the logistics, meaning that if you're not going to be open to the Lord right now with what God really wants to do more than I can even preach about it, then you need to kind of find you a spot, all right? And I'm going to say this, and then we're going to pray, and we're going to worship God. When I was in Bible college, I had went through uh, a relationship I had no business being in, and I was broken. Now, I've been raised in this my whole life, and I thought I knew and understood, but I didn't. I, it, it was never explained to me the way I explained it to you. But I remember, I remember the college is, is kind of hemmed now in Charlotte where I went, and they merged. But I remember, like I'm talking to you right now, we had chapel every Tuesday and Thursday. And I had started going to, we had a, a prayer, it was an old dorm uh, at East Coast Bible College that was kind of used for prayer chapel. And I, I started getting up at 5 a.m. And I would go to that prayer chapel and I just pray, talk to God. No, hey, college, nobody's there at 5 a.m. You could. And I began to pray. And I would just pray. But I remember on a Tuesday chapel service, wasn't no flashing lights, wasn't no smoke, wasn't no fast music or nothing. After I had been in prayer for some time, I remember standing on the right side facing the stage. And I just did what I did in prayer. I just proud of what you're doing right here. I just begin to talk to the Lord and tell him how much he meant to me. 
and how much he had done for me. And before I knew it, I was in another place. The, the power of God had taken over me. I didn't know it. It wasn't even a, it wasn't even a, a, a show or anything like that. But I had a lifelong friend of mine that came and said, Timothy, I didn't know God, God was going to fill you with the Holy Ghost today. I said, really? Really? See, I, I, I didn't know what was even happening to me. I was just continuing what I was doing at 5 a.m. So this is what God has told me. and said, I didn't know this morning I was going to share that or I wouldn't have shared it probably. But I'm just telling you, it's real. And I'll tell you this, my life since 1988, 87 rather, when that took place, my life has never been the same. God's done so much in my life. And he did things when I was saved. But when he filled me, when I got out of the way and I didn't care, and God says, he's hit me. Look at him. He's hit me. And he dumped it on me. Now, you got to get rid of hurt. You got to get rid of misunderstanding. See, I had all that going on, folks. I did. I had it all going on. I was kind of upset. I was upset a little bit with my mother because she told me what I needed to do in a, in a gentle way, and I knew it was right, and I did it, but I still, I wanted to, I wanted to uh, point that frustration somewhere, but instead, I just allowed God to let it, it just empty out of me, you see. And I'm telling you, it's not an easy thing because you've got to not care when you get to a place where you don't care, then God says, that's what I'm looking for. That's what I'm looking for. See, that's what they did for 10 days, that 120 people. They just got to a place where they waited. And then God gave them the promise. So this morning, I'm inviting you to one of the best things that could ever happen to a believer. And that's God said, Lord, I'm inviting you, first of all, to empty yourself out. And whatever that means, whatever you have to do, whatever you have to do, if you have to make changes, if you have to go somewhere or somebody, if you have to undo something, a purchase you did that was God. I don't know what I'm saying here. I know what I had to do 30, 40 years ago. I know what I had to do. So I'm telling you, the current the current situation will change. Father in heaven, we open our mouths, we open our hands, we open our hearts right now. Lord, how we entertain fear more than we have love. God, we repent. Lord, and I plead the blood of Jesus over our church. Father, I, I, pre, I plead the blood of Jesus over our church, over every home, Every family, Lord. God, we do repent because it's been missing. And God in the kingdom is to come is what you told us to pray and your will to be done. So, Lord, would you put it in our spirit right now, Father, 
that there has to be a Jesus love in order to give it to this world that's in this situation, Lord. God, help us to feel responsible, Lord. Help us, God. Lord, if we name the name of Jesus, the name that's above all names, Lord, help us to feel responsible. I pray today, God, that the people that are here or maybe online, God, that people would know that all good gifts, and this is nothing but a gift. This, this dilemma, Lord, can be resolved with us receiving, allowing you to give us a gift that you said you'd give it to us. God, and help me to be willing to forget what my mind says, what my history says, what my friends say or anybody else and know Lord that all good gifts come from you and you said Lord that you would give me this difference maker you said Lord in the 11th chapter of Luke that if we know how to give gifts to our children and we being evil how much more will you not give the Holy Ghost to those that ask you Lord help us to realize Lord you are like they're doing in Ukraine giving out weapons, Lord, to empower people. You only give us a gift to empower us, Lord. Help us to see, Lord, that Satan has cleverly over the years, Lord, tried to distract and detour people away from something that will literally defeat him in the name of Jesus and restore back to people's life the years that the canker worm and the locusts have taken, Lord. God, in the name of Jesus, help us to see, Lord, that if, if we're not crying out, if we're not seeking you while you may be, that something could overtake us, Lord, because we're not dressed in the whole armor of God. So I pray, Lord, I pray you would baptize every person in the Spirit, Lord. I pray that you would gift them, Lord. I pray that you would equip them, Lord, not to make a name for us or even draw an attention to themselves, Lord, but so that your name would be glorified and the kingdom would come and be enlarged, Lord, and people would not be left here, O oh God. I pray, God, over any person that does not know you in an intimate way where they think about you all the time. Help us to see it's time for us to do our first works over again, Lord. Help us to see that if we don't have that 100% love for you, Jesus, to where you are first, you are the decision we make before any other decisions made, then God, there's something wrong with us. Help us to know that you give life and you give it more abundantly, Lord. And help us to be so hungry that we'll not rest. We will wrestle with you all night long like Jacob until, God, you gift us, Lord. If it means it hurting us physically like it did that socket in his hip, Lord, God, if we have to walk with a limp from praying so long or praising you so long, God, whatever it means, Lord, if we have to rip up our agenda and our schedule in the name of Jesus, God, to get 
to a place where you fully baptize us and you fill us. God, we, Lord, want to do that in the name of Jesus. I pray over the church, God, that we would realize that we are the remnant, the ones that make their calling and election sure. You have set us apart and aside, and God, you have, have reserved us for this time. God, and we will know by our walk if that's us or not, Lord. Let the words of our mouths and the meditation of our heart be acceptable in thy sight. Because you are our strength. You're the love of our life, Lord. And you are our redeemer, our soon coming king. 